Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. I think everyone thinks healthy, non-enjoyment, and it's expensive. And it's like, actually, no. Healthy food can be tasty and delicious, and it can be inexpensive. 150 grams of potatoes is 60 cents for 150 grams in comparison to a packet of potato crisps for the same weight, which is $2.90. A 100-gram apple was about 60 cents compared to a 100-gram fruit bar, which is $1.90, or a 100-gram chocolate bar, which is $4.30. So we're not comparing apples with apples there. Welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James, and you're with... John Pigeon. And we want to help you make smart money decisions. That's what this whole podcast is about, encouraging you, helping you, Today, I want to welcome Jess Spendlove. Welcome, Jess. Hi, welcome, guys. Jess. Sun Super Out show partner. They've been awarded Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year for having the best value end-to-end super product. Since 2015, they've also held CanStar's highest five-star outstanding value rating for outstanding value superation. That's a lot of words right there, John. Superannuation. <laughs> and <Yes>. value. <laughs> they've also been recognized multiple times Um with multiple awards from the likes of Money Magazine and Finder. So, Mm. thank you to Sun Super for getting behind what we're doing here and supporting the podcast. Yes. If you are looking to review your super, we ask that you throw them in the mix and you can do that at sunsuper.com.au forward slash M3. And this episode is actually on YouTube. So, head over if you want to watch us. And I actually... I got YouTube Premium the other day, John, because I was sick of the ads. And the cool thing about YouTube Premium, you can actually watch stuff, close your app and just listen. It lets you do that where the free one, it makes you watch it. It's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. So, welcome if you are watching us on YouTube. Yes. In today's episode, Glenn and John will be speaking to the dietitian to the stars, Jess Spendlove. She works with clients such as the GWS Giants, the New South Wales Waratahs, the Sydney Kings, oh my god, there's more, the Western Sydney Wanderers, F45 Training, Cronulla Sharks, and Giants Netball. She'll talk about how you can eat healthy without having to spend a fortune. So Jess, I want to start with, what is the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian, and what are you? I'm a dietitian, and I'm glad you've asked the question because there's a lot of confusion. The best way of thinking of it is a dietitian is somebody who can prescribe a way of eating or a diet for an actual purpose. So for a clinical condition or for a performance outcome. So there's someone that's gone to uni for four or five years and they've done that dietetics component and they can with a qualification, make those recommendations. Whereas a nutritionist is a little bit less regulated. So they may have gone to university or they may not have. They may have just done a short course. Um, And the difference is they can essentially be like, 
this food has this nutrient and this food can do that, but they then can't really go and then prescribe a way of eating for that clinical or performance outcome. So a bit like a a sports scientist and a personal trainer. A little bit, yes. (laughs) And what are you, John? Neither. Well, uh, push came to shove. I'm probably a sports scientist, yes. (laughs) I don't know the difference. So, okay, so just on that, um, there would be a dietitian that would work in the hospital as opposed to a nutritionist. Yes, yeah. So before I got into sport, I actually worked in a hospital for three years. Right. Yeah. So if somebody was an inpatient and they had some surgery and there had to be some lifestyle changes to their eating, you would sit with them and actually say, look, I recommend you eat this, this and this, which will cause that. Yeah, so there's generally, there's inpatient or outpatient in the hospital setting and depending on how sick the person is in the surgery, so they may be seen on the ward and then prescribed um, different types of feeds, so enteral feeds or different supplements, or there can be just general recommendations for when they're being discharged on how they should eat to change X, Y, and Z. But that would typically be an outpatient clinic. Yes, yeah. cool. So most dietitians would head down a particular path, uh, i.e. age care or high performance or certain conditions, do they, or they generalise across the whole range? Well, when you go through university, it's very clinical focused. So you kind of tick off clinical community and a little bit of food industry. Um, to do sport, it's really after university. I think I did one lecture in five years on sport. It's then you go and right. do a sports dietitian qualification and extra experience and okay. extra, extra, extra. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what we've asked Jess to do is we want to get really practical today Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of us are eating at home more because of, you know, things are shutting down and have shut down and by the time you're listening to this, there might be some things opening up. But I think what will happen, John, is we'll get into a bit of a habit of going, oh, I can actually cook crap at home Mm. and it's saving me money. So people might start to cook at home more than what they were doing pre-COVID. Yeah. And I think this podcast will actually make us realize that it's much easier than people think. Totally. And I think I'll add as well, like, yes, we did interview the doctor and the professor last year at Newcastle University. And that was amazing because we got to the like, I mean, it was a pretty technical podcast with the food and it was Q&A and it was wild and awesome. But this one I like because it's all practical. Yes. And Jess works in the trenches with a lot of high-performance individuals mm. like myself and other athletes. Best of the best. <laughs> best of the best. <laughs> you were going well there for like a while. Yourself. And, then I started, <laughs> and then I started cracking up. So and Now, just before we get into that, I, I had a goal at the start of the year because I don't get in the kitchen enough, right? And I think you um, saw that goal and were quite impressed. But, however, I was getting HelloFresh deliveries and I was – using those and I was flying along really well and then HelloFresh stopped for one reason or another and I've, I've let myself down. So I'm, this is redemption time today. But you would, Amy would do all the cooking for you, wouldn't she? And that was the problem I had. I was yeah. like, there's too much weight towards her doing all the work and not enough towards me doing it. So I've got to lift my game. I so. respect that. Go, John. Yeah. So mm. I'm getting in the kitchen more and Jess is going to give me more inspiration today. Love it. As always, the podcast is about us learning. Exactly. Now, before we get into this chat, if you want to jump on Insta, you can follow Jess at... 
Uh, my personal one is Jess underscore Spenlove underscore dietitian or my business one is health underscore performance underscore collective. And I guess the reason why I want to send you over there to have a look now is just so you can get a bit of a vibe about Jess and the stuff that she does. And then at the after party this episode, Jess has prepared a meal for John and I and we'll put that video up in the after party. We'll put the video up on Facebook and you'll see how inexpensive it is to make a really yummy healthy dish. So, what's kind of the number one thing that you would say to people if they want to start on this journey of healthy food, on this journey of saving money, and of this journey of general wokeness when it comes to diet? <laughs> I think, I mean, a lot of people get so caught up in their, in their heads and there's so much information out there. So, the first thing is that they just need to actually take a minute and plan out their week. And it's really like anything. You're not going to be good at something if you're just totally winging it or you've got no intention or thought towards it. So first thing, think about your week ahead. Think about what you want to eat. Think about what you've got and then start to put a plan in place. And that's not to not have fun or be super rigid and create this stress around it. It's just to move forward, you need a bit of a roadmap and that's what that provides you. Yeah. It's important in, in anything we do, isn't it, really? Yeah, and do you have, like, when you do your weekly plan, do you have any, uh, do you have an app or do you just literally open the notes in your phone? How do you do your weekly plan? Do you have something on the fridge? Like For me, I, li- I like to write it out. So, I've yeah. actually gone and um, my business has created a, like, downloadable free meal planner with a grocery list on the back. Oh, cool. So, you can kind of write on the front what Where you want to have. Um, I will send it to you. Okay, and we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yep. cool. Yeah. But I like to write it out. But yeah, otherwise in, in your phone, in your notes is totally fine. So, just needs to be somewhere, not just in your head. Mm. Yeah. And what, like when you plan your week, what night do you do that or what time of the week do you do that? It'll typically be a Sunday. Yep. So, maybe Sunday morning, I'll think about what I want and then I might go and buy Sunday afternoon. But at the moment, a bit more flexible because my week is a little bit more flexible. But Yes. And, and do you shop at certain times i know different people shop on a sunday night because there's no one around do you uh, or there's maybe specials there because they're trying to get rid of stuff over the weekend is there any tips and tricks there or not i would typically go on a sunday and then maybe top up on a wednesday just because that's how my life has typically worked out but that's and also what works for me if i don't do that i'm a bit unorganized and don't execute my week yeah yeah because because i'm always told that the the more often we go back to the supermarket the more we spend in Mm. general Mm. so would you agree with that yeah definitely if you Mm. just again flying by the seat of your pants with no kind of plan and you're topping up and you're grabbing a meal at a time whereas i typically do a big shop once a week and then if there's anything i needed to top up on i'd get that on a wednesday yeah it's like going to bunnings without a list like i go to bunnings i'm like oh i need to get some uh, hacksaw blade because i had to cut something here the other day (laughs) And then I'm walking out, why have I got a 30-pack of batteries? Like, why? <laughs> it's, it's, and a grocery store is worse because it smells good. Yes. Mm. There's specials. There's all the things out that are strategically placed that we yeah. all want to eat, probably don't need to eat. And if we don't have that list and yeah. the things we're sticking to, which is going to help save us money. And that goes back to just general budgeting. The people who have a, a plan, a budget in place with their money yeah. generally do better because there's some type of system. And totally. I think it's important to, with your eating and your planning, like I would probably be the one, because I'm going to try your meal planner and I think maybe if I did, because I was just thinking then, like what if I did week A, week B, week C 
and just had three versions just so it's easy. So, it's like we're running week C this week. It's bangers and mash on Wednesday. <laughs> and then every third Wednesday, I'm having bangers and mash. Yeah. Well, it's like our, our money plan. It's whatever works for totally. you, isn't it? Like yeah. we've just got to be flexible. And with that's that. what I say. Like with my spending plan, if you don't use that, awesome. Mm. If you do, awesome. If you've got your own way, awesome. Like mm. it's just it's yeah. all good. Just have yeah. some system that's right. that works for you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, having that plan of the li- uh, of the week is is critical. Um Going to going to the supermarket hungry, probably not the best idea either. Probably not the yeah. best idea either. <laughs> yeah. We've all done it. Yeah, we and have. doesn't it lead to all the treats? <laughs> mm, absolutely. Chocolate's the one for me. Uh, ditto. Mm. So, when we've planned our week, okay, what do we do now? So, we've planned our week, meals and snacks. Right. Can't forget the snacks, which we'll touch on a bit, but I often think that's probably where most people go wrong. So, we've planned our week, we've got our meals, we've got our snacks, we've checked our pantry because we don't want to be doubling up on things or wasting money and then from there we create our grocery list. So, we actually physically write the list and then all type it in your phone and then you take that with you. So, there's no point at being up here because like we said, there's all the distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, right. and if you're sending someone else, the, the list needs to be very well detailed. Yes. So that you actually come back with the right stuff. Portions, brands, if you're that specific. Yes. Yeah. So we've planned our week and now we've got to execute. Like, do you find in terms of cost and quality, do you go to like Coles, Woolworths or Aldi for staples? And then do you buy your protein from the butcher? Do you buy your bread from the baker? Do you then buy your candles from the candlestick maker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, look, I'm mindful to say what I do because, I mean, it, it, what works for everybody, but I would typically get staples from, yeah, a major supermarket and then I would get bits and pieces. I'd go to like a fruit shop for my fruit and veg or I've got like more kind of the boutique style supermarkets closer which have pretty good produce which isn't as expensive. So, have I'll go there for that. Have you found during this bit of COVID, do you think it's like there's some people gouging because I went to the butcher the other day and I bought six sausages because what I do is I cut them up into twos and put them in uh, glad wrap and then put them in the freezer. And then I bought two scotch fillet steaks and it was $29. And they said $29 and I tapped. And I just thought at the back of my head, like, that seems expensive. expensive. Yeah. Anyway, some guy walked past just as I pressed pay and said to his wife, Oh, yeah, can see they're gouging in this time. Like, <laughs> and so I don't know. It's yeah, it's a tough one because you want to support obviously small business, but you obviously need to be mindful about your own financial situation. So I don't know. There's there's some instances where I'm finding things are a little bit more like cost effective. Like I'm finding yeah. some fruits and vegetables at the moment, fresh fruit and veg, and whether that's because everyone's gone a bit tinned food, frozen food, crazy, yeah. and there's an excess. But yeah, I think it depends on. Because would you generally say, and this might be my sort of blasé look at it, but you would get healthier cuts at, at your butcher shop than you would general Woolworths or, or Coles? Yeah, definitely, which is why then I would typically not buy my meats from the majors. I'd yeah. get it from either the butcher or like a, a more local one where I kind of know where it's coming from. It's rel- like it's not too far. It's sustainable. Yeah. And it, but it's clunkier, isn't it? Because, it is clunkier. Yeah, you, you've you've got time. this one-stop shop, which yeah. is obviously – Great, but yeah. yeah. but I went over to Tumby Wholesale 
fruit and veg or the, it's next to the Tumby wholesale meats mm. and the fruit and veg the other day. And I went in and bought a heap of veggies and because I'm like, I'm going to make a roast, you yeah. know, treat myself and all that. And I walked out of the fruit shop and I'm like, that was, it felt bloody cheaper than Woolworths and Coles. Yeah. Probably because like, it's all on its own. Yeah. I don't know. Putting everything or else is in it the just because I hadn't bought my cleaning crap and everything in the yeah. one thing? I don't know. But I think at the end of the day, You've just got to start if you really want to hone in. And I did this as well. Like if I go to Woolworths or Coles and I want to just get a bit of bacon, for example, I just go over to the deli because the best thing I've learned and the best thing I think the Australian government have done for consumers have made them put the price per 100 grams, the the price per litre. So, you can actually compare, you know, do I want to pay $27 a kilo for my bacon in the fridge aisle or $2 over in the deli. Yeah, and the, I think there's this continual argument, cost over quality, isn't it? Like where where do you sit with that? Is, is everyone Everyone's different. And you do, you need to find your sweet spot because you're not always going to get the healthiest, best, highest quality item for the lowest cost. No. So it's really your life, your budget, where food and nutrition sits for you. And for me, obviously, I'm a dietitian, slightly biased, but it's an investment in your health, which is pretty much the most important thing in your life. So, yeah, it's not necessarily cheaper is better because it costs less if you Mm. can afford a little bit more. So, yeah, it's find your sweet spot. Okay, so question. So, you you work with various clients. So, I'll say um, elite AFL and NRL teams, you will help plan food for individual players or as a team, I would ask, or I'd I'd probably make the comment, budget probably isn't the main driver there in terms of... There is a mixed range. Like there's definitely well-paid players, so it's not necessarily... But there are like your draftees or your younger or like your fringe players. Yeah. Well, even to the other extreme, if you're doing meal planning and you work with F45, like if you're a new player, you might be earning 150K which is nothing compared to a million dollars. But if you're working with F45, you've got to do stuff for average people like us in the world that we don't have unlimited money per se. So, I guess what do you kind of look at when you are building a meal, probably more for the F45 programs and stuff like that? And then conversely, what do you do if there's a player who might be on a million dollars a year salary who's like, I just want to eat healthy and be full like... You still, the foundations of eating well, regardless of who you are and what money you want to spend, are, are the same, which is like good quality protein, whole grains, and your fruits and your vegetables. And I think for me, when I look at a lot of recipes, like I get turned off a recipe if it's got too many ingredients. So I think if you're starting with the basics and then you've got a few things that you add to it to flavor it, like I really like those infused extra virgin olive oils or a couple of different spices, well, then you can eat quite well without necessarily spending all this extra money just with a few things that are going to flavor it. Whereas obviously if you're somebody that's got a lot of money to spend, then then you can get a bit more fancy with different things. Yeah, okay. So when you're working with the professionals, for example, you you would prepare meals or, or prepare food for their training and for, for game day versus giving them plans for them to go home and shop and cook and do all that yeah. how does that vary to be honest i've probably moved away from the meal plans a lot because i mean there's it's all about behavior change which is more like focusing on the person and the area that they need to change but a lot of my job with the teams is actually working with the different chefs or the hotels or organizing food suppliers to get food in which i've essentially nutritionally approved and they like and it's going to help with their performance so there's a lot of 
logistics and organization from yeah. anything they eat at any time or any touch point with them while they're like working or training or playing. Okay. So just if, you know, there's a AFL game and it's half time and they all go into the shed and I don't know, do their prep talk or whatever they do, I don't know, um, or pep talk, I I don't ever see them eating a banana. Some of them do. Some of them do. Yep. Toby every, Green has to have his banana at halftime every week. Every bloody <laughs> Shout ten, out to Tobes. Every bloody tennis player will have a banana uh, yeah. or half a banana. So, are there any kind of, I guess, what are the little go-to natural energy boosts that's good quality? For everybody or? Well, just for like, I don't know, I'm about to go for a run. Yeah. So, 20 minutes before I go for a run, should I have yeah. X? Yeah. Caffeine and carbohydrate. So, shout out to caffeine, which we're having a nice cup Beautiful. of coffee yeah, here right now. That, John? That, yes. Yeah. So, thanks to Glee Coffee, <laughs> we're having a Burindi natural process and the bourbon variety. I don't know how mm. you say that. No but additives, no milk. It's delish. No sugar. So good. Just in, coffee. You can go to au, and at the checkout, put the promo code M3 and you can actually get a 15% discount. It's pretty good. And that's not even an ad. They've just left the code from when we used to advertise for <laughs> And they get free marketing right there. And they get then. free marketing yeah. right there. Gleecoffee.com. But yes, great, great uh, energy boost pre-workout really? would be caffeine. And it actually helps you work harder for longer or exert less energy. So it prevents right? fatigue. So it's great. We love caffeine pre-workout. And then a bit of carbohydrate, which is our body's natural energy source. So a banana is a very common go-to. Other people might like dates or any fruit really in general, a piece of toast maybe with, I don't know, peanut butter or honey or, yeah, look, depends on the person and the type of training and all of that. But if you're feeling tired and you're about to train, caffeine and carbohydrate. Because in general, you, like if you're going for a half-hour workout, 45-minute workout, you should usually have enough in the system to get you through with general training sessions as opposed to competition. Yeah, look, if you've eaten and I guess another – um, when we get to the snack part and how to regulate your eating, like if you're eating relatively consistently across the day, a couple of meals, one or two snacks, whatever works for you, yeah. then no, you probably don't need to necessarily add something. But if you've not eaten for three or four hours and yeah. you've got a bit of an energy dip and you're about to go do something, well, yeah. you might just need that from a mm. day and an energy boost point of view. Yeah, cool. Mm. Question, is there such thing as like if there was 100 calories, right? So – for example, a date might be 50 calories. So, if I had two dates, 100 calories, versus a spoonful of Nutella that was 100 calories, is there such thing as healthy calories and unhealthy calories? 100%. And does it matter? It does matter. In the long run, it definitely matters. Right. So, I'm what- just fact-checking someone yeah. from they told me the other day. <laughs> Shout out if you listen. Don't know if you listen. I'll tell you the story. Which anyway. camp were they in? Yeah. yeah. No, that, I'll, I'll tell you a story yeah. later. Fat okay. camp. It does matter. They, okay. Yeah. It's not just energy and energy out. It's quality and then physiologically what that's going to do to your body from a sugar level point of view, how long it's going to sustain your energy. Right. So, so there are good calories and bad calories. Yes. And, and everybody responds differently to different things, don't they? Yeah. Like when, when I was going through high school, I clearly remember the – healthy food pyramid right and it feels as though that's almost been turned on its head like carbs and breads and mm. pastas were were high priority and fats were low whereas now it seems as though it's the opposite 
Yeah, it's uh, the food pyramid is is interesting, and they are in the process of slowly changing different things. But I think the the thing people need to focus on if it's if it's less processed or not processed and it's whole food, it's yeah. always going to be a good option. So mm. that should be the majority, and yeah. then depending on your life and yeah. your situation, which, which is the outside <laughs> of the supermarket, isn't it? The, the outside, outside the perimeter. Yeah, yeah. Don't go down the that, middle. No, so high risk aisles. Let's <laughs> let's talk about snacks. Okay. So, do you have any kind of motherhood statements about snacks and can you talk to us about some low-hanging fruit? Excuse the pun. Actually, don't excuse the pun. Uh, I love snacks and I think everybody loves snacks. I just think they don't actually know how to approach it and I think everybody pays attention or more attention to meals and they think they shouldn't or they don't need to eat in between the meals but often that's where they get it wrong or right. So, you can either add some serious nutritional value or you can do some serious damage. So first thing is everyone needs to probably snack and you probably can't go any more than three, four or five hours without anything. And then the second thing is then knowing what you should have. So protein to fill you up, whole grains, healthy fats and colour. So in terms of actual food, Greek yogurt, nuts, fruit, crackers with some smoked salmon or ham, cheese, tomato on top, ham, cheese on crackers with a bit of avocado, Right. Yeah. So, I guess the underlying thing of this episode is like you actually can eat really healthy and it actually isn't expensive. Mm. And it needs to taste good as well. So, I think everyone thinks healthy, non-enjoyment and it's expensive. And it's like actually no. Healthy food can be tasty and delicious yeah. and it can be inexpensive. So, in, in your experience, do you, do you think that most people that don't eat healthy – don't eat healthy because they think it costs more or because there's more preparation required? A bit of A and a bit of column B, yeah. And I reckon the taste as well. Yeah. Don't reckon it tastes as nice? Well, I think what it comes down to, this is just my, and you'd probably know from a clinical Because she's thing, the expert. Because yeah. she's the expert. <laughs> like We all eat though. <laughs> we all eat, but if I'm snacking, if I'm in that loop of eating trash, like – my brain will crave salt and vinegar chips more than it will mm. a healthy of course. bowl of nuts. So, what I've yeah. had to do in my own house, there's actually no snacks. Like the only snacks, quote unquote, I've got, I've got the little Sultana packs because I figure that's probably better than a bag of chips. I've got Brazil nuts, cashews, almonds mm. and... It's about... And some fruit. And Well, there's kind of two, two things there. The first is... If you're unraveling in the afternoon and you're all hungry and snacking and craving all of the things, my argument is what are you doing the front half of the day to set uh, you up for that? Or what are you not doing? So what does your breakfast look like? Mm-hmm. Do you have the protein? Are you having breakfast? What does your lunch look like? Because then you should kind of be getting to snack time and if you've got something in your cupboard and the question becomes, oh, what have I got? What am I going to have? As opposed to, oh, my God, I'm hungry. I'm tired. I feel like all of the things. As soon as you say, what do I feel? feel like that's yeah. a very different yeah, question yeah. Yeah. it's emotion wow. isn't it a very different question to oh what have i got what am i going to go and have yeah okay so can i role play for a moment i woke <laughs> up in the morning morning yep. uh i'm full I, I don't feel like any breakfast talk to me uh, it's a very common one i'm not hungry and my i guess question there is is that a habit so um what you know, how have you always eaten? If you've never had breakfast, you're not going to automatically start having it. And then my other thing is, well, what did the 
back half of the day look like? So if 60, 70, 80% of your food is happening in that last quarter of the day, well, that's probably why you're not hungry, but that's also not going to change if we don't shift it. So So we want to be like the cow that grazes all day. Yeah, Mm. ideally. Yeah, consistency. What time should you stop eating overnight? Ideally two to three hours before bed. Right. And that's more in the kind of sleep hygiene camp as much as anything else. Like yeah. it's not like a from a – if you eat past eight, you can't lose weight or it's none of that. It's really – that's more from a digestion, comfort, sleep hygiene point of view. Like I've um, – I'll be the first to say I've got a problem with ice cream and that's why I don't generally keep it in my house. Um, you know, I had a big couple of weeks a few months ago – you know, moving the studio and all that. And I'll be honest. Had a bender. I had a bender. <laughs> I ISO. ISO. ISO ice cream. I was just like, you know what? Ben and Jerry's triple caramel chunk come at me, baby. Everyone's and got their thing. I may have had that small pint in bed watching Netflix. Now, <laughs> I would have been asleep within well within an hour after finishing that now so you woke up with a tub on your chest <laughs> almost but i guess what i'm saying is those like back to your sleep hygiene thing you just you don't sleep as well having no. five you know ton of sugar in you yeah. yeah like so yeah i'm i had a bender what can i say <laughs> yeah but, confessions here today yeah it's a safe space <laughs> safe space okay so miss- but that's not the norm that's not your no. every night I wish it Most was. <laughs> Most nights. <laughs> Most nights. Have yeah. one night off. Six out of seven nights. Yeah. <laughs> so, so a misconception, I, I'm hoping it's a misconception, sugar or fat, which one's worse? Uh, sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, there are different types of fats, but it, je- sugar is definitely the enemy and trans fats. <laughs> and just explain trans fats. So trans fats are often the ones that are created from your deep fried foods when you've got an oil and you're then – Converting it into something else. So, okay. the good fats, what you're saying, trans fats. <laughs> the tasty fats <laughs> are the trans We had a volleyball team a million years ago with a few friends and our team name was trans fat. Was it? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, fat is definitely, has been demonized for a long time has, and that is, yeah. uh, I think that's changing quite a bit. And the old, I'll go and lose weight by dropping the fat mm. is misconception. Very much so. Fat's actually like protein's your, your most important nutrient for keeping you full. Yeah. But your healthy fats are really important from that point of view and from an inflammatory point of mm. view. And they're involved in like the integrity of every cell in our body. So, yeah. yeah. It's so wild all this stuff. Like, you know, you might be listening thinking, oh, you're not even talking about money. and It's a money podcast. It's like, well, you are what creates money. So, you need to be the best version of your bag of chemicals. Yeah, it's your engine, isn't it? So, it's just so important that we, even if we have these conversations once a year on the podcast, you know, because you've got to look after yourself, be it like we had Franco with the mental health. Yeah. We had um, Jess talking about the physical nutrition. Yeah, there's there's so many offcuts to it, isn't it? Like, if you're eating well, your energies are up, you're thinking clearer, you're making better decisions. Which means you could probably earn more money. Because you're out yeah. there. Yeah. And, and even from a more direct correlation point of view, which I probably didn't mention before, but like if you're being intentional with your food and you're thinking about what you want and what you're going to go and buy and you take your list and you're not deviating from that, well, you're indirectly saving money there. And also if totally. we're cooking more at home at the moment, mm. you know, the classic, I'm all for going to a cafe and I really enjoy that. But even just not going for your eggs and your avocado on toast at the cafe and doing that at home 
we are indirectly saving money there. Yeah. So, well, directly. Yeah. Mm. Now, talk about diversification with our eating. Have you got a, a little TED talk about that? Yeah. So, um, it really refers to like not just what you're eating, but getting a variety in there and, you know, plant proteins and vegetarian diets and all that are kind of on the up at the moment. And we don't need to go hardcore, no meat, all vegan, but there is definitely from an environmental point of view, from a health point of view, from a cost saving point of view, benefit of eating less meat and more plants. So your burrito bowls for lunch today are an example of that. So we can't wait. <laughs> oh, can, actually, can you um, call triple zero because it's about to be a crime scene? I'm going <laughs> to bloody demolish that. Oh, I've, got, uh, I've got hunger pains already. Um, but yeah, so diversification really just means getting different types of foods in your diet, and in particular, more of your plant proteins. So yeah, a mm. great way to introduce that is. Half the mints, add extra beans. A, you've saved money because it is a lot cheaper. Mm. And B, it's it's good for your gut. It's good yeah, for the environment. Absolutely. Win, so win, win. <laughs> growing up on the farm, we were nine times out of ten meat and three veg. And it was actually meat and three veg for lunch and also dinner. Right? So there wasn't much diversification there. But I'm still here today. Yeah. Right? Do you, do you also think that a lot of people can't, physically see the changes of them eating the same things but thinking they're still healthy yeah definitely and um, i mean this whole diversification point of view is there's a lot coming out in that gut health space and, and what we eat and the way in which we eat and how that impacts our gut health which then impacts everything else and i mean you're a pretty fit and healthy person Thanks, outside, of, <laughs> <laughs> outside of you know everything else that you do so nutrition is one part of that yeah. puzzle it's a really important piece of the puzzle but i often find people with the way that they eat they won't see that transformation but they'll probably feel it mm. they'll energy feel it wise. yeah from an yeah. energy point of view so before we get to we've got a handful of listener questions that came in on instagram i think well i've actually just got a question and i want to talk about bread why is sourdough so expensive <laughs> Yes. It's so delicious though. Oh, I mean, it's the it? process and it's the quality. Right. So it's yeah. not this highly refined, just one type of grain product, which is then we can make a thousand of them. The, the way in which they actually, they make it, it's handmade, it's fermented, the ingredients are high quality. So because it's so I, expensive, you're I'll, right. Yeah. I'll get vulnerable and personal here. To be honest, guys, I can't eat that much bread. I get, you know, a bit of an upset, upset system. Mm. However, sourdough, no issues. Yeah. It's telling you a story, that, isn't it? It's a narrative, John. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a few, yeah, there's, there could be so many reasons to that. It could be the processing. It could be the type of wheat. So, a lot mm. of um, people have some gut issues and more intolerance than anything else. And there's kind of thresholds to different things. Yeah, because I, I figure like I'm not, I'm not gluten intolerant. I'm people intolerant. No, I'm <laughs> both. I'm, I think think from my basic kind of thing it's a type of wheat that triggers me yeah in the gut health space there's yeah a lot of people are can be sensitive to what we call wheat fructans which is a type of carbohydrate in wheat and you kind of have this threshold and there's so many different foods that it's in Mm. and if you're eating little dribs and drabs once you get to a certain point it can tip you over and that's when the the symptoms pop up or the type so sourdough tends to be lower yeah yeah so Shout out to Sado. We love Sado. Yeah, well done. So, do you have anything else to add 
like I guess in summary, the things that you've kind of said, you know, plan your week, then have a very tight or at least have a, a list. And this is all basic common sense that we need to always be reminded and encouraged with. Buy meals and snacks to prevent snacks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, it's okay to have, like, oh. they say cheat days and all this stuff, you know, in my kind of gym scenes and all that stuff. That, But, like, <laughs> do you... <laughs> fitness circles. Yeah, in my fitness circles. <laughs> do you think it's better to have a cheat day or the odd cheat snack? I think it's better to have cheat snacks. Yeah. So, look, 80-20, it's... Food, you need to enjoy it. And I yeah. love food. I mean, I posted on my story last night that I was having a little Whitaker's coconut chocolate slab thing. So, I'm not – I just love – Just one? Just one. Yeah. <laughs> but you need to enjoy your food. But I think, yeah, it's better to spread it out across the week than one day where you've just – Yeah. Diversify your eating. So, yes, get as much different variety as possible. Yeah. Like your investments. Yeah. And stop telling yourself that healthy is expensive. Yes. Because it so isn't. Definitely. It's uh, it's very much a, a myth. I mean, in some regards, if you're getting the organic special superfood thing, which, you know, I mean, that's one kind of frustration that I have. Things that are called superfoods are often food. not yeah. superfoods. <laughs> yeah. It's like your good, your oats and your berries and your basics, they're actually the things that are, yeah. And these examples I've got in front of me are, are astounding, aren't they? Yeah. Can you... Uh, read a couple of those for me. Yeah, so 150 grams of potatoes, which you might obviously cook up for your dinner or roast up and, and do whatever with them, um, is 60 cents for 150 grams in comparison to a packet of potato crisps for the same weight, which is $2.90. Mm. Or I like this one, a 100 gram apple was about 60 cents compared to a 100 gram fruit bar which is a dollar 90 or a 100 gram chocolate bar which is four dollars 30 so wow. we're not comparing apples with apples there. no literally <laughs> so that it it's maybe a, a mindset of preparation yeah. in mm. that part as well very but, much yeah you asked for it here i am i'm gonna say it you don't want me to say it do you but i'm gonna say it no i don't care you said you wanted it so i'm gonna do it Oh, so you don't want it anymore. Well, that's too bad. I'm doing it. It's time for the Community Member of the Week. Tanil, you are up. And Tanil is 26-year-old from Bundy in Ooh. Queensland. Home of the rum. Have you ever been up there? I haven't, no. Have you, Jess? No, I haven't. No, it's pretty far north, isn't it? Have you? No. The furthest no. I've been is Cairns. Same. Well, Bundaberg's south of Cairns, isn't it? Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not I sure. I haven't been past Noosa. So. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Tanil. Sorry, I'm just going to have mm. a look at the map. Do you want to talk about yeah, um, so Tanil's goals? She, and well, she's um, first of all, she works as a family and connections worker. Financial goal is to get rid of the last of my bad debt. Update: It's paid off now, and I have eleven thousand in savings. Woohoo! That's awesome. So, uh, so good. She, how she achieved this goal: automated direct debiting and amount each fortnight to pay off the debt. Uh, her silliest money mistake was buying a brand new $40,000 car when I was 20. Sounds like Glenn. Yeah, you're welcome. Now, I think that's funny because like a 20-year-old, like you'd be doing really good if you were earning 80 grand when you were 20, right? Mm. So, if someone was earning 80 grand when they were 20 and they bought a $40,000 car, still at the top end. Yeah. So, at least tanil has been aware that looking back... She might have only been earning fifty grand a year or thirty-five grand a year, 
and maybe bought a car worth more than her yearly salary. Yeah. I mean, we don't know these details, no. but I think it's just, it's yeah. good that she's now, because hindsight's such a beautiful thing and we can learn. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think we've all made those totally. mistakes in some way, shape or form. Now, back to our geography, Cairns is actually the furthest major town north in Queensland. Okay. And well, then we go down to Townsville, Mackay, then probably Rocky, then Bundy. All right. Yeah, so my, it's... My millennial geography. There you go. <laughs> coming to a podcast not near you. Now, let's, Jess, if you wouldn't mind, answer some listener questions. Sure. Claire Ruther has asked, the best long-keeping and healthy foods? Yes. So, I wasn't sure if that meant like cooking and then storing or just foods in general, but... If we're talking, obviously, your pantry items, anything that's dried is obviously going to keep. So, and stock up on all of that when it's uh, on special. If we're talking foods to make and prep and keep in the fridge, anything with a high water content can't be kept for more than a few days. Otherwise, it can make you really sick, like washed lettuce, rice, pasta, etc. And yeah. What about celery? What about celery? <laughs> Seems as though it lasts longer than it should, celery. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on how you store it, but I, I find celery up to about a week if you cut it up yeah. and it's in a container. Mm. So, otherwise, if it's just kind of out and in the fridge, it goes a bit yep. floppy in there. Yeah, no good. <laughs> uh, Evelyn Clark, who's a good friend of mine in the show, she asks, how to stop snacking every 10 minutes? Yes, it's a massive thing and ISO has really brought this on. So, um, honestly, a lot of what we spoke about before that planning, so my thing is, are you constantly hungry because you've not eaten enough at the front half of the day? So you're busy, professional, mum, whatever your situation is, and you've not maybe had breakfast and you've maybe had a late lunch or a small lunch. And so you're kind of behind the behind the game, whereas you want to kind of front foot it a bit more. Otherwise, it could be from a hydration point of view, if you're not drinking much, if you're actually dehydrated or you know, is it actually a psychological, um, you know, change in life, change in work? And obviously, we can be triggered to th- think about food a lot more. So, is there a boredom factor? Is there a stress factor? Yeah, particularly at the moment you're out of your normal habit and routine. Yeah. yeah. Is it a visible thing too? Like if it's sitting there looking at you? Definitely. So, if you can position your office or like laptop away from the kitchen, yeah. like not sitting near the kitchen ideally, um, if you've got a study or a desk somewhere else. Mm. Otherwise, a nice little nifty test is we call the apple test. So, if you are thinking that you're hungry all the time and you've done all those other things – just ask yourself, would I actually be satisfied with an apple right now? And <laughs> we do this with if you are honest, it's actually a psychological um, test out there. And if the answer is yes, you probably are hungry. Yeah. And if it's no, then it's like, well, yeah. I've also found if I am trying to be good and I do feel the urge that I'm really hungry, I just have a glass of water and yep. just wait 10 minutes. Yeah, Perfect. That's a good one. Um, Kel asks, my family like nice food and good quality. Any tips on keeping it under budget? I guess to the point that it's quite an open question, but I guess one of the things we brought up before is like diversifying the your, your meat. So if there's an opportunity to still use mints, but then maybe um, reduce the amount and add like a bean mix to it to increase the fibre, reduce the amount of meat, you will you know, um, organically save a bit of money there. Or alternatively, obviously depending on where you shop, what you buy, Go with that list, be intentional. Would you generically say eating better quality foods means you don't eat need to eat as much of it or is that a bit of depends on what you're eating? 
Yeah, I think it would be more of a depends on. So coming back to that plate model, if we're looking at an ideal plate, it's probably a third to a half of your colourful stuff, your fruits and your veg, more veg at mealtime and then a quarter to a third your protein and then the other kind of quarter your your whole grains. So if you're doing that and you're not – you're serving yourself what you need, you're – can't really go wrong. Depends how big your plate is. And as well, like I saw a documentary once and they were basically saying like if you have a Macca's meal, the fats and the oils in there trick the lining of your stomach so you don't feel full. Whereas if you eat a bowl of salad, mm. there there isn't that coating there. That's a layman's. Well, mm. yeah. And then it can also be like depending on the quality, how quickly your body digests it and then what it does to your sugar levels. Right. So if you've had yeah. going back to that carbohydrate analogy before the Nutella and the dates or whatever it was like the fiber in the dates and it's going to be digested more slowly Mm. so the release is slower so then we don't get hungry as quickly so So good so many factors sea salt (laughs) and sundays who's a regular contributor vego options and kid friendly options please i guess one good thing with vegetarian way of eating because does include a lot of eggs, dairy, lentils, legumes. Like naturally it is actually quite a cost-effective way of eating because obviously meat is often one of the pricey points of the way that you would eat. So eggs for breakfast, you know, lentils, legumes, etc. that type of thing for your lunch, maybe some tofu at dinner. Kid-friendly options. Oh, what are we talking? Snack. John might be more. Oh, yeah. Fish I don't fingers. have children. I should. <laughs> I <Fish> should. <laughs> Well, I think you're following a similar model, aren't you? Just, Always. Just, um, it's the same type of foods, but they're just in healthy versions, like your, your fruit packs and, yeah. and natural stuff. Like, yeah, we, we argue with this. I mean, we don't argue, but we, we, it's continual conversation point around what we should be putting in our kids' stomachs because majority have take the – quick and easy option of packet of chips yes and, and often we, we, yeah it should it is still the same stuff like your fruits your veggies your whole grains your le- you know lean proteins and often with children it can be the way in which it's served the manner in which it's served yeah. the influence of the parents so cut it up make it look pretty yeah. hide it in your food if you need to <laughs> yeah, do a bit of that. um but yeah mm. the principles are definitely the same yeah 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 because it's interesting when we we talk about preparing meals probably more so dinner is um some parents will cook two separate meals for to cater for the kids taste right for for me personally that's a setup for disaster because they're, they're like conditioned to exactly have their own chef yeah eat together eat the same thing within you know reason all sitting down ideally eating at the same time mm. it's very influenced from a behavioral point of view yeah well, we might leave it there. It's been a fun chat mm. and thanks for listening. If you want more information, uh, particularly of the recipe that Jess has prepared for us that we're going to do in the after party, you can look at the show notes. There'll be a, a link there to the blog she's done. And I just think it's a really good time just to encourage us all about what we're eating. And like anything, if you prepare, it doesn't cost as much as you think. It's the same with like, Trap like when I was in the states, I was buying last minute flights and changing my plans, yeah. and it was costing me a crap load of money because I hadn't prepared. Yeah, it's just no area of your life where this analogy or this model about preparedness yeah. actually helps and yeah. saves you money, mm. and you end up with the, probably a better outcome anyway. 
So, for sure. Preparation's so, power. Convenience costs. Exactly. <laughs> so, thank you, Jess Van Love. You can thank find you, Jess. Jess on Instagram and details in the show notes. And we'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye. 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 If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. This podcast supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you want some other giving options, or if you are unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. If you're looking for a super fund that puts its members' interests above all else, choose a super performer, Sun Super. With low fees, strong investment returns, and great member services, Sun Super is Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year and has also been awarded by Money Magazine, CanStar, and Finder. Find out more at sunsuper.com.au forward slash M3. You can join Sun Super online in under five minutes. Thanks to Jess Knauss, producer, Nathan Robertson, editor, and me, Asher. Anyway, make sure you're connected via Instagram and our free Facebook group. We also film most of our content now, so check out My Millennial Money on YouTube. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.